Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we'll be discussing Bolt. As always, we'll give you one last chance to go watch the episode so you can find out for yourself what it's all about without us ruining for you. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here, so like, maybe you want to check it out and form your own opinions so you can understand what we're talking about. So go do that. Come on back and we'll be ready. Bolt, an American white shepherd, has lived his whole life on the set of his action TV show where he believes he has superpowers. When separated from the studio by accident, he meets a female alley cat named Middens and a hamster named Rhino. He's trying to find a way home to the studio. Along the way, he learns that he doesn't have superpowers and that the show is not real. However, thanks to his new friends, he realizes he doesn't need his powers to save the day. I've never seen this movie before. This was definitely the first time that I've ever seen this. Yeah, this, this is another one where I've only seen like bits and clips of it. So this is my first time just sitting down and watching the full thing all the way through. Yeah, this was my first time seeing anything besides maybe the poster or even the trailer. But like, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed this it, movie. It was really lot. good. This was honestly like one of my favorite movies that we've seen so far. No. <laughs> uh i just have i i do have some problems with the movie which uh, i i will be getting into a few rants <laughs> i have a couple of rants to get into myself there are some issues with it yes however for me i think this is one of the movies where you can just kind of look past that stuff and enjoy it for what it is if you're not like thinking about that stuff I mean, I still enjoyed it, but these were some, like, big problems I noticed, like, first time watching it ever. I don't know, that could just be from us having to watch all the movies before it so critically. Yeah, see. Now I'm to that point where I'll watch a movie and I'm judging it. I've done that with some <laughs> TV shows I've been watching lately also. I mean, for me, I looked past all of the, the stupid stuff I was dissecting the second time so like the first time that i watched it i just like took it as was like as a like you're not looking into everything you're not paying attention to everything and like when you don't magnify into all these small little things it's a really enjoyable movie and like it still is an enjoyable movie even with all the problems afterwards but oh yeah it's it's a lot to take in <laughs> so we don't we are gonna have a lot to talk about here so we're just gonna try and keep this movie this episode moving try to as quickly as we can it's going to be a long episode i can tell you that right now this is going to be short episodes anymore mm, probably not. not not unless we like just breeze through something but it's going to be it's going to be some times for the next few weeks <laughs> hopefully you enjoy it well with that said let's get into our fun facts All right. there was a lot of fun facts for this movie i had such a hard time checking and choosing which ones i wanted to keep Go ahead and do the one about Patrick Stewart. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no more Patrick Stewart fun facts anymore. Oh yeah, he was finally in a movie, so they he got was finally in a movie. But I do <laughs> so think <they> <laughs> we we should keep that tradition alive. And I do have some more casting notes on who was originally supposed to be in a movie. I I, I kind of like that that we've been doing that lately. And mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully you guys have been enjoying those notes lately. That's been some of my favorite fun facts lately. And now that we're getting into like the later eras, there's going to be a lot more recognizable names as well. Like 
back in like in the older movies, there was only a couple like big names that were like up for parts, and now there's going to be a lot more recognizable stuff, for, at least for modern day audiences. But that's later on my fun facts. We'll get to that at the end. Uh, first fun fact that I have here: uh, the word "bolt" can be used as a vulgar word meaning the male organ in Russian. So. The film was released as Volt with a V in Russia, with the hero called Volt. The film was also called Volt in Hungary, France, and for the French release in Canada. Also, the name of the film was Lightning in Croatia, Slovakia, Estonia, and Poland, and Thunder in Bulgaria. Which, I don't understand where Thunder and Lightning came in, but like... Because like Lightning, Bolt, Thunder... I, I, I mean... mean it all kind of has to do with electricity, but, like, why did they vary off so much compared to... Because of the, like, lightning bolt thunder <laughs> on bolt. I mean, thunder is just a sound. <laughs> thunder has nothing to do with it. It's related to lightning, though. I know. I just thought it was funny how, like, those two, con- like, couple of yeah. countries just, like, it just kept getting further and further away from bolt. Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I understand Volt. Yeah. But then Lightning and Thunder. (laughs) Okay. Penny is often only referred to by the name on the show, and by by Bolt and then the animals went off stage. It's unknown whether that's her real name or not. Her mother only addresses her as Sweetie or My Baby, and the agent just calls her, like, Superstar or stuff like that. So we don't actually know if Penny is her real name. I would say... They probably kept Penny's name the same because they didn't want Bolt to know that it was a fake show. I would assume so as well. And also, like, a lot of times they usually keep child's, like, children's names the same on the TV show to make it easier for them. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, we don't actually hear another name for her at all throughout the movie. So, like, she could be named Jenna or something, and it's, like... Com- something completely different. Her real name's Marianne. <laughs> Could be. We don't know. <laughs> Here's a throwback fun fact. Oh. In order to properly animate Rhino, the crew adopted a real hamster, which they called Doink, and filmed it from beneath while it was walking on a sheet of plexiglass. Thus they were able to see how Rhino would walk in his plastic ball. We haven't heard one of those in a while of them yeah, being where an they animal. I had um, animals actually in <laughs> that that was something that was really good though yeah. they did a good job with rhino they did a great job animating his likeness also about rhino as well another fun thing they did on set to help the crew relax under the film's punching schedule and also to give them a peek into the mindset of rhino a giant inflatable hamster ball was set up on the studio for the crew to play around in <laughs> that would be somewhat i've always wanted to be in one of those i also always wanted to be one of the giant hats <laughs> like i love how much fun it always seems to be on the set of a disney movie like they yeah, have they animals have... there's a giant hamster ball to run around in yeah, it like... sounds amazing <laughs> this was a fun little easter egg that was thrown in there uh when bolt threatens to drop mittens from the overpass and while she tells him where Penny is, the bus from the movie Speed can be seen driving under it 
It has the 2525 on the roof. Uh, I've honestly never seen Speed. Oh, it's such a great movie. It is really it? is such a, a fun movie for how <laughs> stupid of like the concept is. It's it's a great movie. And Keanu Reeves is always amazing. and Definitely one I need to see. But yeah, I thought that was a fun little Easter egg. And like it happens in a split second. So like if you're not actually paying attention or like know about it, you wouldn't even notice. But I thought that was fun that they drew that in there. This last I guess it's it's not really the last fucking fact, but it's like a whole big section of facts that all kind of tie together. So technically it's either one giant large fun fact or a bunch of fun facts pertaining to the same thing. The film was originally developed by Chris Sanders, who was the creator and co-director of Lilo's Ditch. The film was originally called American Dog. It has a similar storyline, but a bunch of location changes and character changes. Henry was the original name of the dog in the movie, and it had much more of a Stitch look to it. The character of Mittens was originally Ogo, a male cat with an eye patch, who worked as a mechanic in a junkyard. Rhino was originally an oversized radioactive rabbit. The film originally took place in the deserts of American Southwest, like similar to like cars. Sanders was replaced by Chris Williams and Brian Byron Howard after John Lasseter became the CEO of Disney and Pixar, and the project was overhauled in 2006 when he left Disney to work at DreamWorks Animation. So, once all this happened there was they've had a replacement animation team in place following all the changes their production only had 18 months to complete the film instead of the usual four years that they would usually get on films yeah that's not a lot of time no not to, at like, all. completely change a movie they and completely... i'm kind of glad they did because that first idea did not sound that great to me honestly <laughs> Yeah, so they completely overhauled everything about this, and they filmed it in about a year and a half, maybe, which is really short to throw all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff together. Even further, Miley Cyrus was not the first choice for Penny. Chloe Grace Moretz voiced the entire film before Miley was placed on the project originally. So I would assume she was just part of that whole first original part of the film and voiced everything, and then... Once they switched everything over, my they brought Mary Cyrus in and just retook everything. Was there a reason why for the change? I I couldn't I didn't find anything on on that part as to why they switched Miley in and took out Chloe. I mean, I'm a big fan of Chloe, so like I think, and like I'll be honest, and we'll get into that later. I wasn't the huge fan of Miley Cyrus here in the voice acting department. Yeah, no. But I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. I didn't really find anything about why that's what happened. More casting considerations. Michelle Pfeiffer was considered for the role of Middens. Okay. Martin Scorsese was considered for the role of Dr. Coleco. <laughs> Rob Reiner was considered for the role of Rhino. <laughs> Rob Reiner as Rhino. Yeah. Rob Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tim Allen, and Robin Williams were all considered for the role of Bolt. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know about Arnold. Arnold would Robin have... Williams would have as much as I love Robin Williams. 
it would have made all the focus. Yeah, we said the same thing in uh, what was it, Chicken Little? Chicken Little, where he would have just taken the whole movie. Like as much as Rob, we love Robin Williams, it wouldn't have had the same effect, especially for this role of Bolt, which was like much more of like I like mean, it he was can do, a, he can do serious movies, yes, and play a serious character. But I feel like for an animated movie, mm-hmm. it'd be it'd then be just too cartoonish. Yeah, and then Tim Allen, I think would have been done Tim Allen would have been fine. But yeah, that's what I'll, I'll have for fun facts here. I do have one more later on when we get I to visuals. I will say that but... who they did choose, uh, John Travolta, he did a. We'll talk about it again later. He did a phenomenal job here. He did do a great job, and I was surprised at how great he was for like finding out it was John Travolta after the movie but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with that let's keep things moving and go into our story which is probably going to take a long time again I know last week we took almost an hour alone talking about the story <laughs> and it, it might happen again we're going to try not to to do it but no promises let's get this started there's going to be a lot of rants <laughs> All right, so uh, for my story score, I have an 80. I have an 84 for my story score. Which, so, you know, not super high scores, but hey, they're still high. I would have given this a much higher score, and I really wanted to give it a much higher score. Because, like, I do feel like it's an incredible story. But, like, you can't take away all the issues that it has with it. So, it's, like, it's hard the, to. The idea for the story of, like, Hey, this her, this dog thinks he has powers, but he doesn't actually have powers, and he thinks he does throughout the movie until he yeah. learns he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good idea. It is an incredible movie. concept, and it is for the most part unique. I mean, it's been done before with the Truman Show. If you've ever seen the Truman Show, the mm-hmm. movie, which is a very similar concept to this, but still, for like the fact that they're they're doing it in their own way, an animated show, like an animated children's movie. It's still a very unique concept and very yeah. different. But there, there were just too many flaws. There was no reasonable way Bolt could have been not known. He was well, like, what was going on? Yeah, yeah. So we first we open up to Bolt being adopted. Yeah. So we see how he's living a normal puppy life, right? Which, this already comes my first issue was that she had the dog collar with the name Bolt on it. Like, who picks out a dog's name before they even adopt the dog? Well, sometimes families will go in. Well, no, she chose him. No, right she chose him because she went and saw him sitting there by himself. Was like, that's the one. So, like, it wasn't predetermined already. Well, I mean, maybe it was, and she's like, oh, this is the one I chose. Uh, it seemed uh, like that, that was the first. That's me kind of pushing it though, but like. I don't understand who just walks in with a, a name she picked out for a dog. That... <laughs> this is one of the smallest issues. I mean, that, yeah, that <laughs> has no effect on anything. <laughs> I just like thought of like... The smallest issue of the movie. <laughs> she, <laughs> it was something I had to mention. But then we get into this suddenly, just sudden action scene out of nowhere, which later you find out, oh, hey, they're shooting for a television show. I did really enjoy that concept. I thought that was a really fun way to... to to take that is to make it seem like this was going to be like a whole bay action movie and then reveal that like it's like nope that's not. a wrap 
<laughs> Which, I mean, a lot of things do that, and it always works out pretty well. Yeah. But now, here comes my rant about how <laughs> they were trying to keep it to where Bolt had no idea they were recording a TV show to yeah. make Bolt think that this was real life. Mm-hmm. How did Bolt, for one, not see the camera crew or any of the, like, boom mics or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, he definitely would have seen cameramen. He would have seen crew. And again, like, they showed them trying to keep them, like, sneaking around in, like, the second scene after that. Like, they were hiding in the bushes and they had the camera yeah. under, and then, the, like, like, under the they ground. They were hiding behind the walls and all that. And I will but, say, they did a really good job keeping things in time with how Bolt was doing things. There is no possible way Bolt did not see a TV crew. Tell, as someone has worked on, a, like, a film set and, like, TV sets before... There is no possible way to to hide that many people. Or the fact that it, they stayed in the yeah. building the whole time and they were filming scenes. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I know, just bringing Bolt from the scene to his trailer alone, he would have seen someone else. There's no way you can carry Bolt. Like when, what's her name, Penny, carries Bolt to the trailer there's no way they would have not ran into like another TV crew person or someone else at some point mm-hmm. going from the trailer to his like the scene. Or and then also here's another thing: How did Bolt not know this was television when they started? Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't explain anything about the five years after he's adopted. Yeah, because like. We don't know if he starts, like, if that's the start of the show, him being adopted, or if that's just, I mean, because well, according to the way they showed it, he doesn't even get the superpowers until, like, the beginning of that scene that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So, like, he shouldn't have had superpowers well, as a puppy. Well, I think that's the opening of the television show. Yeah, but I mean, like, that was five years after he was born. So what did they do for him the five years after he was born? Just keep uh- him locked in a hole for... I guess. For five years until he was ready to, to film this show? No, I assume they kept him at a home. And then just, did they kidnap, like, they made this contract, Penny and her mother, like, make this contract. <laughs> did they, like, kidnap? Before all this, and then, like, they kidnapped Penny from her actual home to start this. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that, that, I guess that's the only way they could have gotten him straight into the show at five years old without realizing it was just he just actually kidnapped penny while he was there and he just thinks that everything going on is like like still all happening. this bad stuff just starts happening while they're just sitting at home and then also how did bolt not notice someone painting that lightning bolt that i had side? that in my notes later on about like when it started to fade off i'm like someone had to have painted that on him every single day before his filming Mm-hmm. So he would like, have had to know about that as well. Because I did mention that later on where I did put down that it was so easy for him to just wipe off. Yeah. Like, ha- it, how did he not notice this beforehand? It started fading. And, like, some makeup artist had to go in and paint that on him before every single episode of shooting. Like, was he, like, passed out asleep? Was did they give him drugs to keep him passed out? <laughs> just so that they <laughs> had just, time to get He's that just knocked out. Like, at all times of the day, except for the points where he's shooting, and they just wake him up and stick stick him straight into the scene. That is the only way for it to be possible for him not understand anything that's going on. 
and as if he's that, just drugged. He's able to leave and come back from the trailer just fine every day, apparently. <laughs> like, there's no way you can keep someone in the dark about it this much. It's like, just not physically possible. And then also about the trailer, how does he not notice that it always happens to conveniently be at whatever location they're going to be at? Because I'm sure they're not ending every scene at the same spot. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like him, car- Perry, Penny carrying him out to the to trailer every time. It's, it's just... not even out. His trailer's inside the building. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. It, it it doesn't make any sense at all. There's no possible way he could have no. <laughs> been that unaware or oblivious to everything that was happening. In the... And that that's where I'm going to cut it off for that rant, because I have more coming up. Uh, I'll get into the... Well, no, I'm going to... Uh, when did the... No, they talked about... Because where I had to go my on has the reveal of him, like, finding out that, like, the, the director is talking about it. As... Again, as someone who's worked on film sets and TV sets, there's no way that they filmed this the way that this happened. Like Mm-mm. one, first of all, they they're getting ratings in for the for the, the the episodes, and like they're changing stories based on like all of this stuff would have been filmed. They film all these seasons and all these TV shows in advance, and then they release it afterwards. There's no way, there's no way they're filming a show like this weekly to be aired weekly. So. Mm-hmm. They also say they take do everything in one shot and one take, which all right. That that's near impossible. It's it's like there's theaters that do stuff like that, but not in the sense like there's no way that the stuff that they're doing is being done in one take with explosions and car mm-hmm. chases and all that kind of stuff. And from the way they seem to be doing it, they're using real props and real like doing everything on the fly. Like it's not like they're CGIing everything in like they do right now and like actual TV shows. So either this director is at some kind of level like Steven Spielberg, where he's some amazing director even and able to do that. I'm or telling you. He is a, as bad as M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> even Steven Spielberg is not able to do, to oh, pull man, off no. that kind of magic. But, but still, <laughs> like, this, it's he's not a good director. Impossible for them to be filming all this kind of stuff in one takes and doing every single thing, single episode just like that. And I'm going to keep bringing up M. Night Shyamalan about both of them being terrible directors. <laughs> Do not make Avatar The Last Airbender like that ever again. Please. <laughs> but yeah, as, as someone who's studied film and TV and worked in that kind of setting, all of that stuff is just impossible and again um i'll look past it for the like the sake of like entertainment purposes but still like i still have to dock my score (laughs) and then also like mindy uh talks about how they're losing ratings because the show's too predictable it always ends in a on a happy ending yeah which is another just bad thing for any show like there needs to be those uh cliffhangers mm-hmm. if they're just well i mean for the most it, part it depends on how how they're doing what kind of show it is because like if it's a cv show that's just wrapping like keep well no because they're it's not they're not wrapping up every single episode they're, they're not so i mean there was the cliffhanger of her dad being taken and there was like the cliffhanger like i don't know i think the whole show is about 
Penny getting her dad <laughs> back. I guess. They maybe they just need to plan their episodes more accordingly and end it at the right spot instead of just like again, this is a bad director. <laughs> uh all right, yes, let's get out of that TV studio for a bit because I can talk about that for this whole yeah. episode if I want. <laughs> and, and so, like, Penny's leaving to, I guess, go to some kind of cast meeting. Yeah, or a promotional. I think it was a promotional appearance. Yes, yeah. and we get to meet her Agent Jerkface. He's terrible. He's my know. least favorite character of any Disney movie ever. That's a lot to say. I would see, <laughs> even over Jerkosaurus. Yeah, that's <laughs> like uh, I'll get into it again after the movie because throughout the movie, this guy is just terrible. He is a terrible person, but I wouldn't. I don't think he's the worst. He's he's bad, but <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'd just say he's my least favorite. <laughs> but he even talked about how he was going to how he would trade his own daughter to have Penny. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty terrible thing to say. <laughs> Then the two cats come along, and I thought that was a funny scene. <laughs> when the cats are messing with <laughs> when mm-hmm. messing with Vault. <laughs> Just like... The, the he doesn't know that's real. So <laughs> we go in there, and we mess with him all the time. And he's teaching the new cat how like, to do it. Yeah. And Vault's <laughs> like, I have a message for the green-eyed <laughs> one. How long is it going to be a long one? <laughs> you you memorize one half. I'll memorize the other half. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too long, too long. <laughs> I was like, what? And I was like, huh? Then I got bored. That whole scene was hilarious. <laughs> Something but... about clutches. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes back into filming again after that. And then after they film the second part is when he escapes. Or oh. no. I want to talk about also just another small problem. Yes. After recording, you know, Penny gets taken away and they're like, huh, how's that for a cliffhanger? Yeah. But then Penny comes running out of that room. Bolt's not that far away. How did Bolt not like hear Penny yelling for him? Uh, I think he might have just been panicking at that point because he was getting taken away at the same exact time from the handler. But there were other points in this movie where he was kind of like focused on other things, but he could hear. I don't know. I think that just that just gets tied up to like everything else that was happening at the time. Maybe. Because he was getting taken away by the other handler and put into his cage. Mm-hmm. Which that would have made sense but as to as they're walking away though. Mm. As as they're walking away, they're just walking. Yeah. There's no extra sounds going on. I don't know. Like Bolt's not even barking. It's just Penny like, Hey, Bolt, it's okay, I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was like outside already at that point. No, because we watch him. We watch them turning the corner. Hmm. As like it wasn't that far away. <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing to say on that. One. <laughs> um. Okay, and then he escapes because the cats come and torment him again. He's, yeah, like trying yeah, he, to attack he him. Jumps right out the top of the thing and gets away. And. If he's only lived his life in this set of this show, wouldn't he be a lot more confused with everything going on in the regular world? Yeah, he, like, so first he jumps out and he's running around this building, like, I guess he figures he was just taken far away to 
building. Yeah. It could have been wherever he was taken from. So, yeah. So that's how I probably would understand that. But that's not the talk. What I'm talking. I'm talking about when he gets to New York. Well, I have something else before he gets to New York. <laughs> when he like when he's still in that building, he falls yeah. into that box of packaging peanuts, right? Mm-hmm. And then the guy tapes it sealed. Yeah. There's no way he could have held his breath long enough to get from California to New York. Uh, I mean, I have a whole other rant about this as well. Besides, he, the, he should have died in a box. from suffocation. I'm assuming there was some kind of air hole in that box that allowed him to breathe. I mean, I looked all over and there was nothing. <laughs> but yes, I do have a whole rant about him getting this far. Because, like, all right, I'm going to jump ahead of my notes to get to that point. Because it was like the point of him getting hungry was like in the, when they were in Ohio, which had to have been at least two days since he got shipped out of that box. Mm-hmm. Considering the the way time works, they don't understand the concept of time in this movie at all. No, not at all. All right. <laughs> Best case scenario, that box was same-day shipping from New York to California, which still was not possible with the way they set it up because like, they were filming, even if they were filming in the morning, six hours by the time they get to California after that filming would have been the evening time. Mm-hmm. And he arrived in New York in the daytime. So, like, you would assume it would have been the next day. Yeah. So that's a whole, like, day ahead. Then New York to New York City to Ohio is an eight-hour drive, which they also arrived there at to, in the daytime. So, like, either another night's passed without us seeing it, or there's just no concept of time in this universe. <laughs> because, Not at all. Because there's at least two to three days of him not eating or drinking anything. And like, then he starts to feel hungry. I mean, we see, I think we see nighttime in a couple scenes later on in the movie. Yeah. Which also was messed up timing. (laughs) Again, I have to jump ahead to those notes now because we're already (laughs) discussing it. The, The first time we see nighttime is when they're getting taken by animal control. Mm hmm. And, the guy has low fuel, and it's still daytime when he has low fuel. He pulls into the gas station at nighttime. There's no way you're driving for that long with low f- with, when your your car hits the reaches the low fuel light. Exactly. So again, terrible concept of time Glorious. and <laughs> date in this movie. <laughs> again, stuff you're not really paying attention to too much when you're just watching the movie itself. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're gonna go back to where he was in New York. Yes. Uh, like I think that was the same street that we see Oliver and Company or we see Oliver and uh It could have been. I don't know. I didn't look at the street sign. I know it was like New York streets, but I don't I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to it. Well, they were on uh Broadway. Yeah, but... I mean Oliver and Com- Oliver was on Broadway at some point during the movie. Well, I don't think it showed street signs in Oliver and Company. I don't know. But again, back to my original point, Bolt should have been a lot more confused with everything that was happening in New York if he's only lived his entire life on the movie on the TV set uh-huh. of his filming. Like and- he's never like besides whatever streets they're filming on for the actual show, he's never been on a regular street with people walking around like that's not closed off 
before the, like, the TV show. What's going on? Where am I? He should have been a lot more confused by every single thing that was oh, happening. No, instead he goes to Karate Chop, <laughs> who he thinks is the green-eyed one. Yeah. And then, and then that's um, when he meets the pigeons. Which, Oops. another thing. So, the pigeons want to help get his head unstuck. Yes. But they're like, hey, haven't we seen his face before? Look at the... <laughs> And then I love their New York accent and uh, <laughs> his pigeons. Take a look at his mug. <laughs> and they were completely oblivious to all the billboards with his face on it. And yeah, they're the like, buses. we see him somewhere, and there's buses passing by. And <laughs> I love those pigeons. I thought they were hilarious. Which that's another thing. How did Bolton not see all of those also? Well, was... yeah, I mean, you would have thought that's a giant billboard. Yeah, that's up in the sky. He should have <laughs> seen it. Uh, yeah. He should have seen one of those other buses driving around mm-hmm. at some point with his face on it. Or, again, like I said, completely oblivious to the, the world around him at that point. Which, I they threw those in really for comedic purposes, but yes. still. <laughs> um, Next in my notes was the whole rant I had about him being hungry in the time period of him getting to California and New York and all that stuff. So, uh, so I did put down about mid when we meet mittens she's like trying to get all these birds to bring her like half of their food yes protection we don't know from what but protection mittens was like trying to be a stereotypical mobster there at that scene it seems like Mm -hmm. but then you have the other seagulls i can bolt on when bolt grabs her (laughs) and they're like (laughs) Then Bolt's like hanging her from the bridge. <laughs> and they're like, uh, did, did we take this too far? And that one pigeon goes, are you kidding? This is the best day of my life. <laughs> then we get that map of the earth as well. That Midden's <laughs> fine. So it's, it's the map of the entire earth. And it just shows North America. The United States. <laughs> and then right here, the green lady. And you have to go all the way to, to the waffle, waffle. sunglasses. <laughs> I loved that there was multiple waffle sunglasses all throughout the United States as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming this was like some kind of like waffle this, chain. This was some kind of chain, like Waffle like, House. Well, there's no Waffle like, House in, in New York, so it couldn't have been a Waffle House. Well, I'm not saying it's but, Waffle House. <laughs> I know. But it's like It's some waffle kind of Waffle House, house yeah. place. I had to set to throw that in because I'm mad that there's no Waffle Houses in New York. So. It's okay. <laughs> we have a plenty here, and I've never been to one. I've also never been to one, so I can't say that I'm mad because, like, we don't have them. But, it, like, I want them to be there just in case I ever wanted to go. That's what I'm like with uh, In-N-Out, so I get it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're using the waffle map. Uh, oh, I forgot to talk about this with the pigeons. He's apparently, well, he also shows this while they're on the way in that truck. That he's scared of styrofoam peanuts now. I did love that. That's his weakness. He well, because he assumed that was like causing him to not have use his superpowers, and I mm-hmm. did think that was a really fun way to tie that in there and like add to that story of like making it seem reasonable as to why he didn't think he had his powers and stuff like that. Like when they're jumping out of that truck, and he's like, "What's this red liquid coming out of my paw? <laughs> That's blood. It's blood. Do I need it to live? Yes." <laughs> He also should have died jumping out of that truck as yeah, well. Because it was apparently spot. going 80 yeah. on an interstate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but then he finally gets hungry, which I guess he's never been hungry in his life before. I would assume they just like he's always had food, like because the, even like, then, the studio I'm sure keeps there'd him. be times where he'd get hungry. I would assume so too. But like, I'll just chalk it up to the fact that like he's never had to struggle about like worrying about having food mm-hmm. because it's always been like given to him by the studio execs or whatever. But he's still like freaking out about his stomach, and I'm sure yeah. like. He's had to have been hungry before that. There's no way. I, I agree with that. But again, he doesn't know like true hunger. Like he was there yeah. when it was like three days. Like I said, at least three days without food. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's when uh, Men's learns or uh, Men's teaches him how to beg. Yes. With the dog look. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Show him the dog look. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Uh, then we we get introduced to Rhino, who's watching TV. What? Which... Yeah. So, Volt's there stealing food and stealing hamsters. God. <laughs> I did love the fact that they incorporated like actual TV shows on the TV. Yeah, like, like A Team, and uh, they did Press Your Luck. They had the prices right. Press Your Luck. I heard Rosie O'Donnell mm-hmm. like doing her talk show, and I'm like, man, this really makes it feel like an actual. Like, like they're watching shows, yeah, they're watching legit TV shows, so it makes it like kind of added to the authenticity of it. Mm-hmm. It's not like when like any other movie where you'll just hear like random like made up shows like, oh, it's time for money's flying or something like that, or like random game shows that they make up for, the... or just some random like action western yeah. movie. They, show. they actually use stuff that existed, which I thought was fun. That that was a nice touch for sure. And then you had Rhino recognizing Bolt, which was a really great scene as well. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, I I lost track of where I was in my notes. <laughs> but yeah, and then a Bolt or a Rhino just decides that he's going to leave his home and travel with Bolt. Yeah. Because. Rhino thinks I mean, it's all real too from the magic box. Yeah, I mean, if I saw my favorite TV show character, well, I mean, it wasn't even a TV show character to him; it was the magic box character to him. But like, if yeah. I, I would, I would go and travel with them and help them do whatever they need to do to get back. <laughs> and then he mentions the magic box, <laughs> and that's when and Min's Min's like, put it all together. Oh no! He's right when they're the they're TV coming up with this scheme to jump on a moving train (laughs) i don't know are trains normally that long uh some of them can be because around here they're pretty they're not like super short but Uh, like some of the freight trains can be really long like the ones that are actually carrying cargo and stuff i wrote that that down but i went ahead and not count that toward story (laughs) at all because i was like i i don't know now some of those freight trains can take forever to pass by Okay. Uh, but I also like, jumping like onto that train should have killed them. So yeah, <laughs> the way they were flung, killed them. like swinging back and, and forth through the train, they should have died falling off the train. <laughs> and and that's when Bolt finds out about his, his makeup, which again should have been recognized for him at some other point of when the makeup gets mm. put on him. And like like we said, he's sedated all of the time. <laughs> um, and uh, then they. They end up rolling into a town, and then Bolt and Minz get captured by animal control. Yes. And 
I forget why Rhino had to go get a ladder. He was going to get the ladder to get Middens out of the tree because she was oh, laying in the right, tree. That's right. And he was telling him to super bark her out of the tree. That's and she right. was just laying in there. She's like, yeah, no. Oh, 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 that might have done something. Oh, never mind. That's when Bolt realizes he doesn't actually have any powers. Well, no, that's not quite it. I mean, he gets that sense. I don't think he really, like, fully goes, okay, I don't have powers. Once he realizes that Rhino is the one who helped him escape from the animal control. And then we get that really great motivational speech from Rhino, though. Which Mm -hmm. was, like, super inspiring. But but I still want to talk about Rhino and the hammer. And the uh, ladder. Yes. He is one strong hamster be able to push that ladder out, even with his ball. <laughs> I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff that he should not be, be able yeah. to do. He also sort of fell off of that train when he was on it. He, like, came right to the edge and managed to, like, move himself like, right back off. Back on. And it was like, like I, I don't think that's that would have just kept rolling and he would have went straight off the train. They all would have went flying off to the top of the train. Mm-hmm. It's like a train moving that fast. You're not just sitting there you're not just gonna catch on like that easily (laughs) yeah then we get i think the uh animal shelter scene was pretty funny i did think that was hilarious they they infiltrated the the animal control center and they snuck by and then they used the ball (laughs) all the dogs ball 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 ball. (laughs) and then the car and then the guard and the other like animal control guy yeah they were not good. No. All they, they had to do was lock up the building, all those animals. And one guy, that one guy was like, hey, lock the door. And what was he, he just doing stood there in the doorway? He just kind of stood there, just staring like, uh. And then Rhino told him to do the super bark, and it blew up the entire car and the truck. And he thought it was well, like from the super bark. So what happens is Rhino gets his ball kicked and <laughs> smacks the guy in the head. <laughs> and the guy accidentally. The other guard like steps on Bolt and he yelps, <laughs> which hits some kind of gas tank. Uh, the ball knocked into, well, and it went flying off of the guy's face. It knocked into the sign, which came smashing down onto the gas, like the gas canister that was in the truck. I know, and no, there exploded was, it. There was one that flew out of the building. Yeah, because Bolt, because it got knocked over and opened up, and that's what hit the sign. And caused it to fall over. Yeah, and it caused a big giant explosion. And then... And that the, one lady was like, what did you do to my new truck? And she pepper sprays the dude. And he he says one of the funniest jokes, and it wasn't like, I don't... Did you even hear what he said at all? No, no, what he said. He says... Hold on, I have it in my notes in entertainment. He says, spicy eyes. As he gets sprayed with the pepper spray. Spicy and eyes. it's so, just a subtle little thing that, like... It's not like if you're not paying attention at the moment, you would miss it. But to me, I was just cracking up because he screamed spicy eyes after he gets sprayed with the pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) And like now, anytime I think of pepper spray, I'm just going to think spicy eyes for the rest of my life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's see. After that. Uh, Well, I do want to jump back because something did happen before that animal control scene in a different spot is when Penny gave up on searching for Bolt. That's right. And I'm like, no child is actually going to give up searching for their 
their dog like that, even mm, yeah. if they're contractually obligated like, to. She could have kept making posties to find exactly. the real bolt, mm-hmm. which. And like, yeah, she could have. up another point. They bring in a new dog that looks exactly like Bolt. Yeah. But this one's trained. Why did they not just train Bolt <laughs> instead of the whole, oh, he shouldn't know? Well, because him. apparently that training didn't do good enough because that train Bolt was still scared of the, the tasers that they were coming at him with. And he caught, like caused him to run off and start the whole big fire. Well, still, even then, they're easily able to replace Bolt <laughs> at the end of the movie. It didn't work out for them because look what it did to their entire studio. <laughs> but yes, it's also a, a valid point as well, though. Besides the fact. But uh, yeah, and then now we can go back to. Then uh, we get to a uh, men's teaching Bolt how to be a real dog. I also have that written in my notes exactly the same. <laughs> men's teaching Bolt how to be a dog. <laughs> like a cat's teaching a dog how to be a dog. But you also have before that Bolt questioning his entire life as well. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do if I'm not meant to and be Min's saving Penny? It's just like, hey, look at this window. And Stick your head out. He's having a whole crisis because he doesn't know what to do with his life anymore now. That he's not actually supposed to be saving Penny. But but then again, Men's like, hey, stick your head out this window. And he sticks his head out like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now stick your tongue out. Whoa! <laughs> that was hilarious. And then, and then you get it, it's that just whole so wholesome bonding scene, which was fun. And it's one of the, the the one spots where they threw a song in. They threw a happy song in, and it it, it was a very wholesome scene. It was. And then, like, uh, yeah, we just see them bonding, and then Men's is like, "Hey, I built, I made us a home. I get the small box, you get the big box." She didn't make a box. Or Rhino. She did, well, because she didn't like Rhino. She was trying to get rid of Rhino. <laughs> but still. I I know. And then Bolt left. He's like, no, he's not staying. And he happened to get in the one car that happened to be going to Hollywood from yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah, that was pure luck right which, there. <laughs> like, he just happened to hop in the car that's going to Las Vegas. It's uh, not entirely Hollywood. impossible. But... No, I mean, yes, there are a lot of people that go from California to Vegas. It's not, like... That uncommon, but the fact I that I don't he... think they were in Vegas anymore. I think they, I think no, they, they were still Vegas in Vegas like at that. that point. I don't. No, I think they were in a smaller town. Like it may have been the same state. Could still been in. No, because uh, that was right after. Uh, right after that is when uh, what's his name? Rhino comes out and he's like, "That meat lover's pizza is not agreeing with my stomach." So oh, like, yeah, they had pizza in Vegas. That's right. They got all that food from the the Vegas buffets. So yes, he did get in a car that went straight to Vegas. Uh, which I luckily. mean, that's not that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we said, a lot of people that live in California go to Vegas. It's not that far of a drive, yeah. but it's still a decent drive. So like, then also, Mittens and Rhino got to the studio like right around the same time, which is also very unbelievable because they left after him. Like, mm-hmm. they, what did they also manage to find someone that was just happened to be going to California again? Yeah, I don't know, but they they managed to make it. Also, in that same lens, the going back all the way back to their first trip from Ohio with those people that were moving, they keep kept running into those same people that were in that moving truck multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like, 
were those people just like completely lost that they were winding up in all these like same places that maybe in that <laughs> universe they're like oh we don't need to worry about money to move like they're just driving Let's around here from no, like not here town Let's to town here. nah not here and then just bolt and penny and i'm just keep running into them on different trucks and different vehicles and like because it's not like they stayed with them the entire time because mm-hmm. they were in that truck with the dirt the one time they were on like a, an electrical van a different time and they just kept happened to running into the same dudes that were moving from new york to ohio yeah. or whatever i just thought that was kind of weird but then we get back to the studio and bolt sees penny with fake bolt yeah which was a very sad scene it was like yeah scene. you could feel how betrayed he that he felt mm-hmm. which we knew better we knew like yeah. penny would have rather had bolt but mm-hmm. that she had to go on with the show but he didn't know that so like he yeah, just exactly. thought it was real also another insight into the tv set studio world he wouldn't have gotten like to her without being seen by anyone yeah there would like... have been guards at the front there would have been some other crew members around there would have been at least like 50 other people before he got he he was able to sneak past and get straight to Penny. Yeah, like someone should have gone, Wait, it's bold. Yeah. Like excited. <laughs> no, he, no. He managed he to just, sneak past every single person. In, and that then was he on scrolls out just as easily. Yeah. Then Middens comes and tells him that he has to go back because she saw like Penny was like, yeah, she fruitful. somehow got even further inside the building, <laughs> which made no sense. Yeah, I mean, Rhino got caught. Well, he got him, he gave himself up to that <laughs> he gave cast member, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was one thing. And then the fire breaks out. Yeah, again, here's where my next rant is. Oh, I also have a rant about this. As well, why so- did no one get? Penny from the rope. <laughs> That's one of my big ro- my, my big rants as well. Yes. Penny, Why would they leave a child hanging over fire? No one keeps no one kept track of her apparently. That's your biggest star. Your big like the star of the show. She's a child. She was in the middle of the fire, so someone had to have seen her in the beginning. But like apparently she didn't go missing until after like all panic was breaking out and everyone was out of the fire already. Like, like they just and then they just ignored well, the her mother completely. Was freaking, the mother was freaking out about it. Like, have you seen Penny? Have you but seen my daughter? She was already outside of the building. Like, why would she not be inside of the building still looking for her child at that point? Like, I don't know if maybe she was already inside the building or not. <laughs> maybe she wasn't even in the building. Maybe she could have been outside when they were filming. But mm-hmm. And she saw the smoke in the fire. Any of the other crew members sort of like gone and taken her down off of the rope immediately but, before but they lost as... track of her. As the mom's freaking out about it, none of the other people are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she should have been top priority. Get Penny out of there first before everyone else. She's the biggest star of your show. She's a child. She's a child. Like, no one seemed to notice she was gone. What? Well, she was able to escape the rope, at least. She did. Because there was was a pad right under her, which (laughs) was probably supposed to be there to drop her. Yes. Also, again, TV set talk, TV talk. Besides that, I can understand that a fire can spread quickly, 
But the studio would have been way more equipped to handle that fire and put it out before it actually spread that fast. Yes. As someone who's worked on film sets and TV sets, even I'm sure using they have fire, even just using fake like blank cartridges on a gun or any kind of like anything having to do with fire, you have to have a fire marshal on set. Like it's required by law. You can't film anything without the fire marshal being on set. So if they're using all those torches and all those explosions and all the other stuff that they're doing with this show, they would have had an entire fire crew dedicated for this show to put out any kind of fire. What? Again, terrible director. (laughs) Well, yes. he As the director, he's in charge of having all that stuff. Well, producers as well. But yes, there should have been an entire crew dedicated to putting that fire out on set. And it should not have gotten that bad in the first place. But then, like, Bolt runs in, which I liked how uh, Rhino is the one who stops the door first. Like, yes. <laughs> today's my day to die. He blocks the door with his ball. And then, then not today, of... and Midden pulls him out of the ball. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then Bolt, yeah. like, just slides under. <laughs> and they're just kind of staring like, oh, no. But then... Bolt and Penny should have died in that fire. Uh, I completely agree. They should not have made it out. Penny should have been like, her lungs should have like been completely screwed from the amount mm-hmm. of smoke and stuff she was bringing, breathing in. And they were in there way too long. Yes. However, I mean, again, plot like armor, we, but still. <laughs> we knew nothing was going to happen to them because like it's Disney and we know that they're not actually going to like kill the dog and the child together. Oh, well. But like they still managed to like make that scene so emotional where you got so invested to it where you like and like they might not make it yeah but like it's disney so like we kind of assumed that they would both make it hey we've seen characters die in disney movies i mean we have but it doesn't happen very often um but uh not in this fashion at least bolt was able to like get to a vent which maybe helped with airflow a little bit barely just uh, barely but like but he was able to bark into it which that was a fun scene just like him getting his stance ready for the super bark yes and just barks into it and that's how they notice again i don't know how they managed to get into that burning building to that same spot where they were hiding from mm-hmm like, like the fire uh, is that all one big i would assume it's it one big like giant were, studio so like, it they, looked had like to... they were separate separate though well the vent was there they couldn't have just gone through the vent so like they yeah. had to have gone into a through different entrance and i'm sure all that stuff would have been like burnt and collapsed and like it would, would have been a pain well, but they yeah. just like got to them very easily apparently like they were able to just <laughs> take off the vent go hey they're right here <laughs> That's what it seemed like happened, but again, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> like, yeah, what the way built that built? It was a bit, building made of brick, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I wrote down F U. I wrote the full word, but F U <laughs> agent jerkface <laughs> for trying to profit off of Penny almost burning and dying in the fire. Yeah, and then that's when the mom like. Kicks You're him fired. out, goes, is that they quit? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you go, mom. 
and then it cuts to the the scene in the hospital where they say we have to reconstruct your entire face and it's just them recasting penny which is exactly what would have happened in a tv show i can tell you that like when yeah a child... that was a good way to do it especially <laughs> with the like not telling us that this was now the show yeah just like they they cannot see like you know her face was like burnt or something maybe yeah it's like we couldn't fix it all the way <laughs> and then we see it just a different penny, it's just a different a different voice that was great yeah and that is exactly what they would do in an actual tv show like mm-hmm. in that situation that's what they did with charlie sheen in two and a half men so <laughs> but then they do the aliens thing and like how did they get they actually get the aliens plot like how when it was the animals the, how they know the alien plot <laughs> <laughs> unless they, they just like managed to have it on their unless... own thought because like there's no way the animals could have communicated it to them so yeah like even bolt who was going to tell unless the pigeons maybe brought it like something that looked like a ufo to the studio to maybe (laughs) get the idea along but that's even that's pushing it Yeah. (laughs) but now there's a new actress there's a new penny there's a new bolt yeah and then Penny takes in Rhino. Apparently, Rhino's owners just now Rhinoists, and now Rhino's just living with Penny well, instead. Rhino lives far away, so there's no point. <laughs> but like Penny just takes in this hamster and the cat as well, which, which means was needed to be adopted again. What like unless like Bolt was just kind of like near them. And like rubbing against them and like barking at them and like making it seem like they were friends. How would they know to take them in? <laughs> there's I no, don't know. but they did it. There's no and way they now, could have communicated. Now they're, having... now they're living a happy, simple life. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all the fun and story. <laughs> story uh, yep, that's the entire story. Again, it did take a while, but. If you're able to look past all of this stupid stuff that we're doing, like I was, at least the first time I watched it, it's still a very enjoyable story and it, still it's a still fun story. It's still an enjoyable, story. great movie. There, was, there were some good parts to the movie, or to the story like, at least. It was, It's something different, it's unique, and it's just like an entertaining story. It wasn't like it was just nonsense going on. And it Otherwise, was like, I would have given it a 40 or something. <laughs> I personally wanted to keep my score higher. But again, you can't. It's like so, you it's can't only so much you can some overlook. Of these. Yeah. But I, I think we're finally done with story. Uh, <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Let's uh, move to characters because I don't have much written down for them. I don't either. Even I have a high score. I have an 88 for my characters. Uh, for my characters, I also have an 88. Hey, look at this go. Let's go. go. Uh, Bolt is a very fun character. I it's he's a great character for the movie as well because mm-hmm. there's so many different layers to him, of him just as an action star and then finding out like him learning his like who he is throughout the movie, and we just get like so many different layers of Bolt throughout the movie, and he's he's a very dynamic character. It's not just the same character throughout the movie like yeah. we've had with a lot of other movies so far like we see him like with thinking everything's real to like suddenly everything's brand new to him Mm -hmm. oh he realizes everything his whole life was around was a lie yeah so 
with that, you're able to create such a, a dynamic character and create all these character changes and development. And even with Penny as well, Penny, Penny's, well, not Penny, sorry. Not Mittens. You mean Mittens. Uh, yes. Like, Mittens starts off like, I don't like this character, but then starts to grow on you. Yeah. Especially after we find out her backstory of like, yes, which that was something we forgot to bring up and, in, in yeah. story. But yes, but her owners declawed her and like got rid of her. I they guess. just left her at the house. Apparently, they moved and just left her at the house. I'm like, who does that to an animal? Like, like who just how moves? How could you them? forget your cat? That's terrible. And I felt so sad for Mittens after that point. And again, that's where they do a great job of character, like. Like making you like these characters and root for them. Yeah. Uh, Rhino was a super funny character. Rhino was hilarious. I love Definitely a great uh, comedic relief character. I I really enjoyed Rhino's character. And again, he was helping Bolt figure out who he was and motivating Bolt. And he even motivated Middens when they were in Las Vegas. He gave Mm -hmm. Middens that whole big speech about how you can't just leave someone behind. And you always have to go help them when you, even when, like, what Midden said, like, oh, we're not needed anymore. But, but, and he's like, we're always needed. And I thought that was a really great, like, piece of advice that he passed that on. It was. And then he's just that big super fan. <laughs> the, like, the one who knows everything about the show. Yeah. He was obsessed with the show and Bolt, and he was willing to do everything that he could to help Bolt. Um, other than that, some of the characters were just there. Yeah, they do a great job with the characters that they're giving us, which was basically those three characters for the the main part of the movie. Penny is a vital character, but she's only given to us like a a couple of times. So she's kind of just there, and then there's Agent Jerkface. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we ever catch his actual name. He's just known as Penny's agent. I don't, I don't think he actually had a name. But he was Agent Jerkface. He was just terrible, horrible agent. I don't understand why, like they kept him hired in the first place. From like the way he was treating him, and even at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. If anything, he should have been fired. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of them quitting, he should have just been fired. Yeah, which I, I don't understand why she didn't say that instead. Like, why didn't she tell him you're fired? I mean, maybe they wanted a normal life now, but like... <laughs> like, they could have still quit the show as well, but like, I I feel like they would have added a bit more if they actually fired him instead of just saying I quit. Yeah. Which um, was Penny's mom, who we didn't get really much of anything as well. She's a good mother, though. She was a good mother. She was there to comfort her, and she was helping Penny. But, like, we only see little bits and pieces of her, so, like... Is Penny's dad in the show Penny's dad in real life also? Uh, apparently... don't explain that. She doesn't have a dad. I was reading a fun fact. Again, I don't know where, like, this full information comes. I guess this is just kind of lore. It's never actually explained in the movie, but... It says, uh, in the show, Penny does not have a mother, and she only has a father. But in the movie, like, in real life, Penny only has a mother, and she doesn't have a father. But it's never actually explained 
the full detail. I was thinking, like, maybe they would use Penny's real dad as her show dad for Bolt's sake or something. I feel like he would have been around a bit more if that was the case, though. At least, like, with the spots with his mom or with the Asian, we would have mm-hmm. seen him at some point else. That's true. If that was the actual case. That's true. So, I don't know. Um, He was kind of there. Um, and then the, the director... pigeons were the yeah. only other, like, major characters, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Which... The pigeons. The pigeons were absolutely hilarious. Which... There were different sets of pigeons. Yes, there was the New York pigeons and the L.A. pigeons, which... And then, I think there were different pigeons at the end. At the end of the... Oh, way at the end, yeah. I don't... I don't... There were only... I don't know where they moved to, but... Like, it could have been somewhere in Northern California. Yeah, they didn't show exactly where they moved to after they left the show. But, yeah, those were three other new pigeons. But they weren't, like, stereotypical... Like, the New York pigeons were stereotypical New Yorkers. The L.A. pigeons were, like, stereotypical I think L.A. They, people. I think the other pigeons had, like, a southern accent. So maybe they changed states, even? Could be. They, yeah, I don't feel like they were in California. It, it seemed like either, I would say, like, southern or maybe even, like, midwestern. Mm-hmm. Not with the accent, but just, like, kind of the way they were acting. Yeah. And the style of the home, too. Yeah. Just seemed a bit more like southern country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like, think there's really any other like there's, actual there's characters no other besides actual just characters. the characters on the TV show, which weren't actually... It's the only actors. other one we haven't talked about there is Calico. and, and I mean, he's man. the green-eyed one that Bolt's <laughs> constantly chasing after, so I guess he's kind of the villain of the movie. Uh, yeah, again, this was another one of the movies where there's no, like, antagonist in a sense of, like, in a character-wise antagonist. There's an antagonist in the TV show that's in the movie. Yeah. But that's it. Mm-hmm. I guess that the TV studio for keeping Bolt locked up and not, like, making him think everything is, like, real for him would be, I guess, considered the antagonist as well. Mm-hmm. But that's just a group of collective people. So, like, <laughs> yeah. The director and the network advisor lady. Well, that's the, the two other characters: the 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 director and the network lady. Mm-hmm. Which I had their fun moments, but like, didn't yeah. add too much. And then the people who worked at the animal shelter. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, continue on to visuals. What do you have for visuals? For visuals, I have this at a 97. Bing, bing, bing. I also have a 97. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But so far out of all the movies we've seen, these are the best visuals. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, I have to, I was telling you that I have to make a note about this earlier. And, like, from Meet the Robinsons, we gave it such a high score because, like, of the difference it made going from chicken little like there wasn't too much that stood out but it was like just the improvement that they made from where they came from mm-hmm. with this one there was definitely the best look like there was a lot of great stuff that stood out and it was like one of the best looking films that we ever seen but i think from here on out we've come to a point where like some like visuals are gonna have to stand out for us to actually keep scoring this high Mm-hmm. Because it seems like they're at their peak visual capacity now. Of which, like, I already mentioned this to you. I'm not going to talk about which movie I'm talking about. 
until we get there, which yeah. we have a very long time. But throughout the movie, I'm thinking, wow, this looks like a Pixar movie. But I think there's going to be a one Pixar movie for sure. I think. <laughs> That's going to be better visually. That's all right. That's understandable. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, there shouldn't be there's no excuse for bad visuals anymore at this point mm-hmm. with technology and the way they've advanced and where they've come from. There's no reason that we should have something that's missing details or something that's like doesn't look that great. From at least this in the on. rest of this season. Yeah, from from like for the rest of the Disney movies. So like if we want to keep scoring at this high level, they actually have to do something to make it stand out and to make it I mean, look great. Not visually. to say that it, they can't get above this movie. No, because there's a chance, but and they like really have to like. They're gonna have to do something to to keep at this pace because of like the advance and uh, the advancements that we've seen, and like where they've come from and where they're at now. So like, yeah, it can be in like a high scoring movie in like the eighties and even like the nineties, but for it to stay at this pace, it's really gonna have to do and do something to make it stick out at this point. Mm-hmm. Because there is no excuse for just average or bad visuals at this point. Uh. Going into the actual visuals in this movie, the attention to detail that they had in this movie between everything was just incredible. Like the lighting, the shadows, the reflections. Yeah. They put so much detail into all of this kind of stuff. They put so much detail and thought into this. Like this was definitely the best part of the movie. Like if you look at like any kind of reflect reflective surface in the movie, they had to reflect like an actual reflection of what what should have been in there. Or if you look at shadows, they they had they really focused on like how the shadows should have actually like moved and interacted with the environment. Mm-hmm. And like I have a do I do have a fun fact about this as well. But mm-hmm. uh, the look and lighting director Adolf Lisinski. Lisinski, I believe is how you pronounce it. His team traveled to several of the film's real-life locations, such as an Ohio trailer park, the San Francisco docks, the New York streets, and the desert surrounding Las Vegas to study how the light in those places interacted with the scenery, which was something that was very noticeable in this movie. Like I was just saying, it was like the light, the lighting in this movie and the reflections and all that kind of stuff was just stood out so much. And it just really fit so perfectly. It was stunning. And then, like, the uh, different special effects they had, like, during the show. The action, yeah, that action sequence in the beginning was incredible. That was some really good work. Yeah. They had that slow motion of the car flipping and then, like, boat jumping over the, the helicopter blades. And... and then even, like, the quotations panning of the camera. Yeah. Kind of thing. I also have camera movements turned down, and this one was this was an actual spot where like cameras were being used, so it made sense to yeah. like talk about it in this situation. But like, you have the cameras moving and following Bolt, or like the cameras under the car, and all these really cool camera movements that they were doing during the show itself. Which that looked really good, and then the fire. Yes, the fire looked great. The fire looked really good to me. I think the best visual that stood out to me the most was the visuals from Las Vegas mm-hmm. when they were just driving down the Las Vegas strip and you see all the lights and all the 
casinos and all Which, this. Some of those were casinos I have heard about. Yeah, a lot of I've those. I've never been to Vegas, but those are actual casinos. Yeah, a lot of those were Vegas. real places and real like hotels and casinos that are actually in Vegas. Uh, I haven't been to Vegas either. I'm going in October. But, like, yeah, I still know that a lot of those places are real and based off of. There were. Actuals. Yeah, they're based. But uh, there were a couple small things that, like, really surprised me that looked good. Yeah. One being the billboard in New York for Bolt. Mm-hmm. The, the one that the pigeons were resting on. Oh, when they were sitting on the nose? They were sitting on the nose. Yeah. You know, I was, if I saw a billboard like that in person, I'd be like, wow, that looks really good. I'll need to watch the show now. <laughs> that was a pretty unique billboard. I don't know if they and actually then, make a billboard like that. It's kind of... And then the biggest thing for me was the pigeons movements which that seems like a small thing but like no they did really now those movements the way they were moving it looked like they were pigeons moving around yeah and then of course you know character design was good yeah um i liked how the henchman in the tv show for the green-eyed guy calico Mm -hmm. looked like the guy from toonami from Cartoon Network <laughs> long ago. The robot looking yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing I thought of was, oh, Toonami. <laughs> I'm about to watch Full Metal Alchemist or Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> they did a lot of cool animation stuff here. Uh, when There was the one spot that stuck out to me when Bolt was looking up at the, the building when he was stuck in the fence. You can see the lights like reflecting off uh-huh. of the building in like a lens flare type thing, and they did a really great job with that. And then also they had the reflection of the tail lights from the animal control truck. Oh yeah, when Rhino was looking at them, and it was like captured perfectly as like as someone would actually see how those lights looked at nighttime. Like it was outstanding. It was, and the, just the details that they put in, the amount of details that were. Like, when they were doing close-ups on middens, you could see every single piece of fur and every single, like... Same with Bolt, and then, like, yeah. you'd see it move nice and smoothly whenever um, they were doing different facial On Bolt's nose, you can see every single, like, indent and dot. Indent and, and dot, like, like, like an actual dog's nose. Would mm-hmm. have. Like, the amount of detail that they put in this was just incredible. And then the facial expressions were really good, too. Yes. Uh, I also did love the the animation that they did during the credits. I thought that was real mm-hmm. cute and fun. That, little I, animated. I like when they have like cute little cartoonish, yeah. like you see the characters and yeah, it's already animated, but like it's more cartoonish. Which I thought that was really yeah. fun. That's really I, cute. I like seeing that in mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Um, Especially when you have the artist the actors in the movie singing a song over it. <laughs> there was that duet. We'll get into that one during uh, yeah. atmosphere. atmosphere. Which, do you have anything else you want to add to visuals or you think you're ready to get into No, nope, I think let's go ahead and get into atmosphere. Alright. I have a 92 for my atmosphere. <laughs> uh Are we... I... I have a 92 in my atmosphere. <laughs> Man, we're really in sync for this movie, aren't we? <laughs> we're, we were just talking about this like last week or the week before, how our ratings are just getting closer and closer together now. And like, normally it's just the atmosphere that we're together with, but like, 
this movie, we both had the same feelings about, apparently. <laughs> I had an issue scoring this because the music and the sound effects and everything that had to do with the music, like that aspect of it, were absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Like this musical, the score that they used for this movie and the sound effects, they did a great job of making it stand out. Like, it definitely felt a lot more prominent in this movie than we've seen in other movies. Oh, yeah, big time. Anytime there was something happening, there was some kind of dramatic score going on in the background, or, like, even with the action, just the action show in the the beginning alone. Like... They did such a great job of setting the music. And the sound effects for that show Mm. were really, really good. But, like, it didn't stop there either. They kept it going for the entirety of the movie, though. They could That's have just the thing. Like, it there, called it a day, like, oh, let's not worry about that. No, they kept it up throughout the entire like, movie. The score, every single background track of the movie just felt like it had a purpose in that scene. And you can hear it. Like, there's a lot of times where they'll have background music and it'll add to the scene. But, like, they, it's, I don't know what it was about this movie that made it just so much more noticeable and, like, they wanted you to hear the music and make like how interactive with the scene. But uh, then the issue then comes in the voice with the voice acting. Yeah. Miley Cyrus's voice was very underwhelming in this movie. It it wasn't bad. It just felt like it wasn't it didn't it have a lot like of heart in it. Tier. Yeah. I felt like, like she was yeah, just, her character didn't have that big of a role, but still. She she just kind of felt like she was like speaking the majority of her lines without putting too much into it. And like, but don't get me wrong, I do love my Osiris. So like, someone who surprised me to do a really good job was John Travolta. John Travolta did do an incredible job, and I didn't even know it was John Travolta until the credit came up, and I'm like, "What? Are you telling yeah. me that was John Travolta that entire time?" Because I'm so like, used to only hearing his voice from his character in Greece. See, I'm used to Pulp Fiction, John Travolta. That's like big, like John Travolta for me that I think of. But like, he did such a great job with this voice, and he really made his own character. And then Rhino's voice actor did very well. Yeah. And as much as I hated the character of uh, Agent Jerkface, (laughs) his voice actor actually did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I. Wasn't too thrilled with Middens as well. With yeah, no. Middens voice acting was that wasn't great, but but again, it wasn't necessarily terrible either to no. ruin the score. So we did have to dock some points. Personally, I would have like really wanted to keep this atmosphere up like closer than like the real high scores because of how great the music and everything else was. But like, we do have to take points where it's necessary. And like the songs in it, they yeah. weren't. They were good. Yeah, I'm not a huge country fan, but that that song, like the home, this home belongs to you or whatever, it uh, fit the moment. I think it's called a uh, barking at the moon or something. Is that I don't know. I have it written as that home belongs to you because that's all I kept hearing them say mm-hmm. during the, like the chorus of it or whatever. I think it's called barking at the moon because I did kind of look at the uh, soundtrack on mm. apple music just to be like <laughs> oh let's see who sings the song at the end because there's a guy singing with miley cyrus and it's john travolta and, and it's john travolta <laughs> which, which that, 
they did a good job with that. Apparently, this was his only other duet, like since Greece or something like that. Yeah, I was reading in the fun facts as well, but like that was a fun song as well. And even that first song, like I'm not the biggest country fan, but it really fit the moment and it added to that scene Mm -hmm. for what they were trying to accomplish there. And then they they used the one line of that at the end of the movie as well, Uh, right when. Mm-hmm. It goes to like right before it hits the credits. You hear the the one last line of "This home belongs to you," or whatever, and then it goes into the duet song. I thought that that was really fun that they brought that in again. Yeah, that's always a good idea to do, like bring back a theme from bring back part of one song in the movie, mm-hmm. just to kind of close it up. A lot of yeah. times for like symphonic groups, if they can't find a suitable song to be their encore. Mm-hmm. They'll take a song from earlier in the performance, yeah, and use that, mm-hmm. or at least as part of it as an encore, which is basically what they did here with the yeah. last line. The one line they used one line in the song. They do that it. for several Disney movies, actually. I don't I know they've done it before, but I feel like they used a bit more of like some of the other songs when they've done it. Well, yeah. Like at, like with Home on the Range, they did it with the the song where they brought they it back the for like a couple of lines. Yeah. But this one, they just did like the one line, and then it went right into the credit song. Well, they did it for like Jungle Book also, and there was another one I was thinking of, but it, it slipped to my mind. <laughs> mm. Oh. Interesting. All right. See, I'm looking at at the credits list right now because I always have it pulled up. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they kept Chloe Grace Moretz and as Young Penny, because that just caught my eye in the in the, the credits list on IMDb. Oh, and like, as whenever Penny went to go, when she was picking up the dog. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that could show like change of age with a different voice. I guess, but I'm like, I don't know. Why would you keep her in? Like, why would you have her do the entire? entirely in the movie and then just yeah. keep like that one little spot like, in there and change it i honestly hope that they paid her for the like what? waste of time randy savage was one of the dogs yeah randy savage was a <laughs> was in is in the credits i did not catch that at all during the movie either <laughs> I, I think he was one of the dogs that go ball 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 it says thug not dog thug. oh like thug yes T-H-U-G, thug. Like, I don't remember any thugs in the movie. I guess it would be, like, the henchmen of, like, that, that green-eyed, one of green, one of green-eyed guys' henchmen. But now that you, now that it's mentioned, I kind of feel like I've heard, I heard a little bit of a Randy Savage. I'm definitely going to listen for that next time I watch this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if they use Randy Savage, they should have made it more prominent. Yeah. Like I, we heard, I agree. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's keep going <laughs> before we get off on Randy Savage tangents here. <laughs> uh, well, do we have anything else for? I atmosphere? don't think I had anything else to add for atmosphere. All right, let's go into our entertainment value. I have a ninety-six for my entertainment score. Okay, I have a ninety-four. Well, there goes our matching. We were doing <laughs> so good for a bit, but hey, hey. What was that, like three scores out of five we <laughs> had was. matched? Yeah, definitely the most we've ever matched in a movie. <laughs> I really love this movie. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And again, if you're able to get past all of the, the stupid little trivial stupid stuff, 
and not pay attention to that. It's a really incredible story. It's a, oh. a fun movie. It's not my favorite movie. I, I'm just going to say that now. I can yeah. easily go. Yeah, not my favorite movie. See, it's I up still there. liked it. It's, it's up there up with, there. The, like, I gave it the same score as like my top, like my top entertaining movies. Like, I think I have like maybe one or two that are at ninety-seven. Well, my highest entertainment score is at ninety-nine right now, so not a <laughs> lot of movies are gonna get up there. But like, as much as I love it, I would still say it's kind of like just under those, even though it's the same score. Mm. It doesn't still have that. Like, I guess maybe that could be like, it's like the, the lower end yeah. of that score, <laughs> but it's still an incredible movie. Like the action sequence, like the action sequences alone were all really cool. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave us a little glimpse into like what we could have seen if Disney actually did like a full on action movie. I mean, we did get that with treasure planet, I guess too. Kind but, of, like, yeah. It was kind of cool to see like a, like a different, something different from Disney with that whole action sequence in the beginning. And even like tricking us into thinking this was going to be an action movie the way they, the way they set it up. Because they just showed us like the TV show end of it in the beginning and then they switched over and like, oh, just kidding, that was a TV show. And then it turns into more like an adventure comedy almost. Yeah. But even then, there was still some like action sequences. There's still some action. Mm-hmm. It had it had a good mixture of everything. It had a lot of Except great Except for jokes. romance. There was no romance. Yeah, there was no romance. Which I'm okay with. I would have been upset if they decided, oh, Minz is the love interest for both. <laughs> like last time with uh, Chicken with Little Chicken when Little. they drew in the, the love interest just so they can throw it in there at the ending. Yeah, yeah, it's fine if you don't throw it in. If they would have had something that worked, yes, but there wasn't really anything no, that would have worked in this. Thing, like no female dog, no yeah. one for any so of the other It's fine. We can, we can live without romance. We'll make up for that in the next movie. So, <laughs> Yes. But, yeah, you had a lot of great comedy in this, a lot of great uh, action scenes. The pigeons were hilarious. Rhino was hilarious. Mm. That big, the that Bolt trying to talk to the cats in the beginning when he was giving them the message. That was just funny. Had me cracking up. <laughs> and then Bolt trying to like karate, karate chop <laughs> the guy in York's neck. He just taps him in the neck. Like- just seeing a do- like, just imagine seeing a dog like karate chop someone in real life. Yeah, nope. someone definitely should have but he should have definitely questioned that like <laughs> like as Bolt's running away or something like maybe the guy's like like doing like fake little karate chops in the air just <laughs> Uh another little sequence that like had me laughing was then we were when Rhino and Bolt were sneaking down the road in the middle of the night when they were trying to sneak into the animal shelter <laughs> and they're like humming and making up this little song acting like they're like spies trying mm. to sneak into the, the animal control center. And then you have Rhino fog up his, his ball after that because he keeps screaming, getting excited, and he draws like a little happy face in his ball when he fogged it up. <laughs> <laughs> There are just a lot of great funny scenes. And then again, spicy eyes after getting <laughs> sprayed in the face with spicy the eyes. It's just gonna be forever etched into my brain now. Oh, oh, something I forgot to mention in visuals. Yes. Um we see like throughout the movie Rhino's ball just getting more and more beat up. And they keep it throughout the movie that way. Yeah. That was something I thought was like very good. To it do. was 
doing a lot of stuff with that ball. I mean, <laughs> he yeah. was rolling all over the place. He was getting eaten by a dog. He was he was soften fallen doors. Yeah. He was saving himself from a train. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, a really great mix of like everything that we wanted for a movie with the action, the humor, the character development, the mm-hmm. just the story itself again issues but if you look past the issues it's still a fun story um and with that i are are you ready to give your overall score yeah i think i'm i'm ready to jump into that all right i have a 91.4 for my total score and i have a 90.2 pretty close there Mm -hmm. right right there this is Again, another shocking movie for one that I've never seen before. This is our last of the post-Renaissance. Yeah. Which I will say, you know, we were like not looking forward to this, honestly. But more than half of them, honestly, have been become our new favorite movies so far. And like these have hit some of the high spots on our list. I, I honestly think my top 10 has been overtaken by these movies compared to like the older movies. Mm-hmm. I know at it's, least half of them are on there. Like, well, Treasure Planet's Treasure definitely Planet my top ten. Uh, what's the, the we found one out be- that uh, Atlantis, Atlantis lost Atlantis Empire. also in my top ten. This is now in my top ten. This one, Meet the Robinsons also in my Meet top ten. Robinsons, Chicken Little was actually surprisingly Chicken well, Little was good. I don't know if that still made the cut on my top ten, but like, maybe not top ten, but it still ended up being better than and, what you thought it was gonna yeah, be. Yeah, Brother Bear was also Brother pretty, Bear was better than I was thinking. Yes, than I was remembering. Mm-hmm. Well, this was worse than what we remembered, but, but <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's pretty hilarious. That, that the one, one movie that we were like everyone. Thought would have been a good movie for this was like one of the lower tiered movies for this era. Well, it wasn't the lowest. No, tier. I wouldn't we say had, it's the lowest tier. We had, but we also had our big bombs for this oh, dinosaur. Movie. Yeah, dinosaur. Home on the range. Oh, the worst. Which Home on the Range did end up like being my second lowest score yeah, movie. It's it's right in between my my number one and two lowest movies. Dumbo and, like, and Bambi for us. I honestly feel like that might change, and I might have to just drop it under those because I feel like it has to go under Bambi. Yeah, it's just it was not fun to watch. But, but next week, we do hit the princess and the frog. Yeah, so we are finally entering the revival era, the modern era, some the like, new age. Yeah, current Disney hits. We go back to how we go back to classic Disney. There's going to be songs to talk about. There's going to be songs. There's going to be romance. There's going to be princesses. There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. And there's going to be villain songs. Something I've been waiting for this (laughs) whole time. Well, we had one villain song during during this era. No, we had a villain yodel. (laughs) That's right. It was a yodel. But... Yes, we have a lot of great stuff coming up again. Uh, starting next week with the Princess and the Frog. We're not going to go into a whole big tangent like we've done for the past few weeks about every other movie coming up this week because we already talked too much now. So next week, Princess and the Frog, the post-Renaissance era is dead, finally. Well, 
not really finally because we enjoyed it a lot more than <laughs> we, we actually thought. enjoyed it <laughs> uh until next time may all your dreams come true bye